Wyndham Clark won the U.S. Open. But how did he do it? Did he actually win it when he didn't have his best stuff? Ooh, what about in our own lives? Are we at our best when we aren't at our best? And is it true as followers of Jesus that when we are weak, we are strong? What does it mean? Let's unpack it. This is the Unpacking It Podcast, where we relate big sports stories to life and biblical truths. Our mission is to challenge, encourage, and inspire you to follow Jesus and become more like him with sports conversations that truly matter. That's what I'm talking about! Coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, I just want to thank you guys one last time for being here. It's the best day ever. Here is the president of Unpacking It Ministries, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack parallels, metaphors, and topics in sports that relate to life and faith. I'm Bryce Johnson with Luke Heaton. On today's episode, we're unpacking the U.S. Open. Wait, Rory didn't win. Ricky didn't win. Wyndham Clark, out of nowhere, got the win. But how he won, especially at the U.S. Open, and what the U.S. Open is is traditionally uh, known as as far as being a difficult major he did it and he he actually shined on the holes that he had uh, maybe a weak shot or a weak moment or a weak spot on the course that's when he won it and so we will unpack what uh, one athletic article uh kind of revealed and, and made this parallel for us when on the on the golf side and then for us in in life as followers of Jesus there's a there's a great parallel for us as, as we think about the weak moments in our own lives, how God actually shines through and gives us the strength that we need. And so it should be a fascinating conversation. Uh, thanks so much for being with us today, whether you're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. Uh, if you're watching it, great to, to be with you. I actually got a couple new uh, items for the studio. I didn't have time to put them in yet, but next week we'll debut those. But a little bit of my Father's Day uh, uh, gift, I guess, to myself, but uh, <laughs> to the studio. Um, but uh, but glad to be with you. And as always, love hearing from you. Bryce at unpackingit.com is the email. And want I'm, I'm wearing the shirt today, Fantasy Football Fellowship. Want to remind you that we are in the, 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 the part of the summer where we are looking for churches that want to participate in Fantasy Football Fellowship. And so you can bring Fantasy Football Fellowship to your church. Let the, the leadership know uh, about it, and, and we just want to see leagues starting, forming, and even if it's a current league, using Fantasy Football Fellowship all throughout the fall. You can find out all the details, fantasyfootballfellowship.com, and then also uh, once the fall hits, and even the summer too, uh, we've got tons of content for you as an individual fantasy manager. Plus, the podcast is, is coming up in July. We'll, we will release new episodes. So, uh, so check that out, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Uh, we are brought to you by Sugar Creek Coffee. Sugarcreekcoffee.com. My latest order is arriving today. I got the Sugar Creek Signature Blend, which is my favorite. Uh, very delicious. And it's great because they don't roast until we actually place an order. And so we can be assured the freshest roasted coffee is delivered to our door. So I'll come home tonight, 
with a fresh batch of Sugar Creek coffee. And so the same can can happen for you. Uh, Go to SugarCreekCoffee.com, use the promo code UNPACK, and you'll save some money. Let them know that you heard about us, uh, that you heard us here on the podcast. And so you heard about them. So uh, SugarCreekCoffee.com, use the promo code UNPACK. All right, let's talk U.S. Open. And Luke, it was a you know fun Father's Day weekend. You get a little golf. You get it's out in LA. It was a unique country club. Some people didn't like it, but a lot of storylines there. But when you start looking at the leaderboard, it's wait a second. We got Ricky Fowler. He's back. Where where's he been? Everybody loves Ricky. Come on, this is gonna be his year. And then Rory, the loyal Rory McElroy. We got all the live conversation. Rory's been kind of the, the steady guy representing the, the PGA Tour. Be awesome to see him, him win. And then Wyndham Clark, steady Wyndham Clark, gets the win 10 under, which is, which is crazy for a U.S. Open. But really, it got harder as the weekend went on. And for him to win with you know, par on Sunday, uh, that was that was uh, you know more telling of a of a U.S. Open. So we'll, we'll dive into it in, in a deeper way. But what was your overall takeaway from the U.S. Open? Yeah, it was uh, fun to watch. Uh, yeah, definitely a higher score, winning score than we expected. Yeah, no, certainly uh, there has been uh, very hot takes about L.A. Country Club. Was it good? Was it bad? But Sunday was. It, it felt like this this big tease by Wyndham Clark the whole day. It's We've got Scotty Scheffler lurking. Yeah, we've Scheffler. got Rory lurking, Ricky lurking, and then Wyndham would he pull away a little bit, and then he'd lose, take a few shots back. It's like, wait, is Rory gonna do this? Is he gonna get a major after all these years in hiatus? Mm. Is Ricky gonna get his first one? Scotty's gonna go for number two, and then Wyndham would pull away again. So all afternoon it seemed like this big tease, but overall, I mean, great tournament. Uh, we got to see a lot of great shots. Uh, I am curious, since uh, happy late Father's Day to you, you know, Mother's Day, it's we're all team Jody, celebrating Jody. Getting the, you're getting the daughters oh, around. How can we celebrate Jody? But for you on Father's Day, are you saying, hey, U.S. Open's on. Let's, uh, let's see how, I can, how we can all support me watching that. Or what's, what's the mentality there? You know what's funny is I, I think this is the case for a lot of guys is you end up grilling out. Well, but then I do the work. So I'm out there grilling. and uh, But, no, it was fun. I enjoy it. It was very hot, but it was great. Uh, <laughs> I was able to relax a little bit, just get, get a little, little Bryce time. Um, this is – I mentioned this earlier, but one of my little uh, outlets, random things about me is I like to go to antique stores. I, I enjoy walking around antique stores looking for sports items that that might pop out of nowhere. That's, um, that's the caveat you should have led with because <laughs> I, I was a little concerned uh, as you began saying this that I like to go antique shopping. So yep. we, need, we, need, we need to lead off with through the sports lens, I love antique shopping because that's a no, a no doubter. But looking for old spoons, uh, I'm out on Not that. Not so one. much. Not so much. Little, uh, yeah, little trinkets. But <laughs> the, uh, you know, the funny, a lot of guys Father's Day, it's like, oh, I'm going fishing, hunting, golfing. I like the peacefulness of walking around an antique store. Just, I don't know. It's just, it's just my 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 random way to relax, <laughs> and it's very enjoyable. I didn't find much. Just a couple items for the uh, for the studio. Uh, but I like the possibility. You never know what mm. you might 
discover there. Yeah. So, uh, so it was, it was fun, but anyway, that's, uh, it was a great, I had a great father's day weekend, really fun Friday, Friday to Sunday, lots of good family time and a little bit of Bryce time. So it, it was good, <laughs> but was able to watch the U S open and, and, and really bought into this Wyndham Clark story, what he's mm-hmm. been through off the course and then just kind of his rise as a golfer. And, and then you know, for him to win here in Charlotte at the Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow, uh, just a you know, month ago, and then to, to follow that up with, with this big win and to hold off those three guys that are, that are unbelievable studs, throwing Camp Smith too, yeah. uh, you know, that was, that was a big deal. But he, here's what I found fascinating. And so when you think about, okay, midway through Sunday, he gets a birdie on 14. He has a three-stroke lead. Looks like he's pulling away. Well, then all of a sudden, he bogeys back-to-back holes. 15-16, and we have seen this year after year, all, you know, all of the history of golf. Guys unravel on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Guys that are new to the moment. They, don't, they can't handle the pressure. They can't finish the job. And we'll see a guy who's more experienced like a Rory well, rise and, to the top. And that par three he bogeyed is, uh, I'm, I may have to go, go confirm this, but I'm pretty sure the broadcaster said that was the first bogey all day on that hole. Like this oh. par three is in easy par three and for him to bogey that to your point oh my goodness he's absolutely unraveling is what it seemed like so so what ends up happening is he he keeps that one stroke lead and then on 17 18 he he pars and and so on one end this isn't the type of tournament where it's it's all about the birdies maybe it was the day one thursday but throughout the weekend, it was about, okay, how do you respond? How do you recover when you do have the missed shot, when you do have the surprise bogey? Uh, and you're, ju- you know, you're trying to get par. You're trying to finish strong. You're trying to get, get it going. And so on The Athletic, uh, there's a golf writer named Brody Miller uh, who, who wrote this. This particular tournament has always been more about when you don't have it, when your driver is going wide left and your irons aren't hitting clean, and you just bogeyed two in a row. It's the major most determined by how you respond when your ball is buried in the fescue and you are fully prepared to throw your club of how you respond when confidence is shaken. That is U.S. Open golf. And on a Sunday in which seemingly the entire golf world pleaded for McElroy to recover on the back nine and overtake the uh, usurper, uh, that's a funny word to me. The usurper Clark, the latter one, he won it by those moments in which he didn't have his best stuff. And so I love how he described, this is the U.S. Open, and this was the U.S. Open on Sunday, especially, kind of throughout the weekend, where, okay, how are you going to handle those tough holes? How are you going to handle when you hit a weak shot? And this allowed Clark to shine. He he was strong following a bad shot, following the bad hole. He was able to uh, you know, not let the pressure get the best of him, not lose his cool, not let the emotions get the best of him. Um, and so he uh, was able to come out on top and won his first major. Yeah, and, cool. and Brooks Kepka's talk about this too in, in U.S. Opens. It's not about, yeah, a birdie fest going out and pulling away, but just hanging around. When everyone is collectively struggling, can you just hang around, embrace 
you're probably not going to shoot the lights out at a U.S. Open course. But don't shoot yourself out of it. Mm. Just hover, and then on the last day, you'll be there, and you'll be able to do something potentially, which is what Wyndham did. No one was able to pull away. But who was hanging around and then could do something? And and so within the U.S. Open, you're going to have tough holes, weak, weak moments where you just didn't hit it right and you know, it goes a little left, even though these were wide fairways. You go a little left. And then some of that fescue was deep. There were, there were multiple situations for yeah. golfers. But it was just like, wow, where's the oh, ball? Yeah. Like, what's going on? I saw Dustin Johnson, who is one of the stronger guys on tour, unable to muscle out a ball from this oh. deep grass, which was – if he's not, I'm not even moving the ball an inch. <laughs> That's crazy. It, it's tricky. So so then how do you respond when your ball is in a spot that you didn't expect it to, to be in? And and so as you can kind of see, this this really does parallel our own lives. And a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about adversity. About a month ago, we, we talked about uh, the weaknesses that we have in, in life. And so today I want to go a little bit different of, of a direction and, and just the the way that we can relate to some of these, these kind of phrases that, that sum up what Clark went through on Sunday is certain holes. He didn't have it, you know, two bogeys, 15, 16. He didn't have it on those holes. It, it, it was a, it was a weak moment um, where you know, your, your, your irons aren't hitting clean and, and it just doesn't, you know, you're going a little left, you're going a little, little right. This happens to us. There are certain times where certain days, certain weeks, certain months where it's like, man, Spiritually speaking, life speaking, I, I just don't have it. Like things aren't happening. Like what's going on? I, I I was building a little bit of momentum and then and then blew it. And sometimes this is this is true when we're you know battling through through sin or, or patterns of sin as, as we're 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 trying to you know work through those things. We gain some momentum and then all of a sudden it's two bogeys and we blow it and then now we're frustrated and now we want to you know quote unquote throw our club. And and so it's in these moments. How do we respond? How do we respond when we're weak? How do we respond in, in, the, in the, the potential frustration taking over? Are we allowing our emotions to take over? Are we allowing the pressure of life to, to take over and derail us? Because these key moments throughout this tournament for Clark, especially on Sunday, where he could have unraveled, he didn't because he came back strong on the next shot. And so for us, how do we respond when we're about to unravel, when things are about to go the wrong, the, even more the wrong direction? And so that's, that's always uh, the, the option for us, the opportunity for us to go either way. Um, and so we know what it's like to hit a horrible shot. We know what it's like to make a, a bad decision, fall into to temptation. Um, but when we're struggling, how do we respond? Yeah, the, the U.S. Open... Even the game of golf in general is kind of this microcosm of life. Old uh, Bobby Jones has a really good quote talking about, you know, in golf you get good breaks from bad shots, you get bad breaks from good shots, but at the end of the day you just got to play the ball where it lies. And that's absolutely true of the U.S. Open on, man, I hit a really good shot and ended up being three inches deep and rough that I have no chance at making birdie now. Or... Man, I thought the ball landed in the fairway. Why am I now having an impossible shot in a greenside bunker? The U.S. Open causes these things. To your point, you think you're building momentum, you get a bad break, 
Uh, there's all sorts of things that happen. The U.S. Open kind of can be this this imagery of what we experience in life on the reality of life. We get a lot of bad breaks. There's a lot of difficult circumstances. There's a lot of things where we think we're gaining momentum, and then the next three holes, uh, figuratively speaking, we take steps back and we we lose shots, and uh, it it can be discouraging. But you know, thankfully, we have God's word that directly encourages us uh, with these things. Absolutely. So, as as followers of Jesus, how do we make the most of you know, being in the rough, and and how do we keep going after after losing? a stroke and and how do we respond when our, our confidence is, is shaken you know you face that tough day that tough hole it's like ah, i just don't have it i don't have the confidence i I'm, i just feel so so weak and we just don't have our best stuff it's like man i don't have i don't have my best stuff and here's what i believe is is the answer in all these situations it's pointing to our weakness and our brokenness and we just admit it we admit that we are weak, we admit that we are broken, and we acknowledge our need for God's strength to take over, and we surrender to him. And, and so when we do blow it, when we realize just how, you know, we just, we just don't have it. We don't have, we don't have the best stuff. As much as we can you know, try to muster up in our own limited ability, we, we, don't, have, we don't have enough good stuff. Enough, <laughs> we don't have enough best stuff all the time. We're weak, but the good news is we tap into the power and the strength of Christ. And so when we surrender to him, we have access to this power. We talk about it all the time on this podcast because I'm passionate about it because it's available to us. And so let's dive into what, what um, really what God tells uh, Paul uh, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and 10. This is the amplified version. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. And so going back to the parallel in, in, in golf, it was in those, those certain holes where he was weak. Wyndham Clark was weak, that he showed his strength to be able to keep going. And so that's, you know, we're talking golf and, and all that. I think he might actually be a believer as well. But, but as we talk about our own lives and the, and the reality of, of what we go through, you know, day to day in this, this human weakness, it's actually a good thing. We embrace it. Just like we talked about embracing adversity, we embrace our weakness because in our weakness, we're actually strong. And, and, and actually, with God's grace, we're able to, to do what needs to be done. We're able to get through. We're able to... to to bounce back. We're able to, to remain steady. We're able to, to respond to pressure, not our own ability, but in his, in his strength working through us, his power working through us. Absolutely. And it's, it, this is such an important reminder because if we really believe that God's grace is sufficient for us, then the flip side must also be true. We must believe that we are insufficient. And as followers of Jesus, it's very easy to say, oh, I absolutely believe God's grace is sufficient for me. Of course. But then in our day-to-day -day lives, we operate as if we are sufficient. Mm. But if God's grace really is sufficient for us, we must also acknowledge, I am insufficient. Mm. 
I cannot climb my way out of, ultimately, I cannot climb out of my, out of the problem of sin, and God had to save us through sending his son. But in the day-to-day stuff, too, in handling external uh, difficulties that just happen to us in a fallen world, climbing our way out of that, we can't do that in our own strength. We can't possibly defeat patterns of sin and sin struggles in our own strength. We must come to the end of ourselves. And it's it's a gift from God for him to show us that, for him mm. to show us our own weakness. Because mm. then it's in acknowledging our own weakness, we're able to be strong because now we're united to God's strength. And it's this, this, this interesting paradox, it, it feels like, of how can I be strong when I'm weak? It's because when we're weak we actually tap into real strength because we don't have real strength. We have apparent strength that we convince ourselves. No, I, yeah, I'm pretty strong. Oh, I can do that. I can endure. But the, the reality is we can't. Mm-hmm. So when we come to the end of ourselves, we're now able to be strong because it's not our own strength or our false strength working. It's God's. Amen. So as we, as we continue in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, Paul then responds... Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. So I am well pleased with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. And so here's, here, here, here's the reality. Believe it or not, we are at our best when we aren't at our best. For when we are weak, then we are strong. Because when we walk around thinking, oh, I got this. I'm the best. I'm awesome. I'm going to be great. We're not, we're not actually at our best because we're just operating in our own strength. And that's limited. It, you can only do so much. But when, but when you're when we realize and acknowledge, oh, I am weak and I need you, God. I need you to, to, to come in to, to me, to the situation, to, to reveal your power, to show your glory, and, and to enable me and equip me to, to keep going. And, 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 and you shine through. And so I think it's, you know, it's just amazing that he meets us in the midst of our, our, our weakness. And, you know, parallel it back to, to the golf, are our weak holes, the holes that were weak, the, the, the moments that were weak, the, when we find ourselves in, in a tough spot, when we find ourselves in a weak spot. It, it, it's in these moments that we actually become strong. There's, there's an opportunity for him to, to come in and fill those holes with, with his strength. Um, and, and so uh, it, it's, it's realizing that when we don't have our best stuff on our own, that's when we actually are really victorious because then our victory isn't based on, on what we can do, but it's, it's what Jesus did on the cross and then what he continues to do in our lives mm-hmm. as, as we move forward in victory. Yeah, um, and you know, like you said, Wyndham Clark showed his strength by enduring with his weakness. He showed some weak shots and weak moments, but he continued to endure, continued to to go, continued to push forward, and he won. And ultimately, the parallel isn't perfect because how we're able to endure isn't by our own strength, but God helps us endure because we're weak. When we come to the end of ourselves and we see our weakness, 
God's strength carries us forward. And it's an important reminder that, you know, a lot of these, these external things we face that are really difficult to endure, it's God often works in uh, transformation rather than substitution. Mm. Then uh, instead of just taking it away, sometimes he does, but many times God, rather than just removing the difficulty, removing the rough off the course, so to speak, he's going to give us the strength to actually endure and to be transformed, relying on his strength, rather than, oh, I'm just going to make the course easy now. No, the course is difficult. Life is really difficult in a fallen world, mm. but it's God's strength we tap into to help us endure, which is encouraging that we're not left on our own. God doesn't bring us to the end of ourselves and says, all right, see ya. No, he shows us, you are weak. You are far more weaker than you think, but the good news is I desire to give you my strength. Mm. It's not a burden for God to give us his strength. He is eager to give us his strength, eager to carry us forward. It's at its best in our, in our weakness. Mm-hmm. So when we're not at our best, we're actually at our best because we have, we're relying on God's stuff, not our stuff. Because our, our, our best stuff is still never, is never enough, never enough to, to, to really last and sustain. Yeah, we can, we can drum up enough to get us through for a little while. But ultimately, in order to, to really endure like you're talking about, it's, uh, we, we must rely on, on his strength. And, and so uh, one more thing from The Athletic, Miller wrote this, Clark's entire career is about finding somewhere to land when you're spiraling, making him an ideal fit for the major where it matters how you play when you don't have your best stuff. And, and so, you know, we can relate to when, when you know, life is spiraling and, and things are uh, difficult and we're coming off of a, a, a mistake, a missed shot, and, and, man, I'm just not feeling it. And, oh, I don't feel God's presence or I, I just don't know what's going on. I just feel so weak. I, I just, I'm, I'm worn out. I'm, I'm, I'm burned out. I'm feeling this or feeling that. And, and, and when we just come before the Lord in, in surrender and say, I need you. I can't keep going. I can't do this on my own. Things are spiraling. I, I don't have my best stuff, but I, I need your, I need your best stuff. I need, I need you. I need all of the, all of your strength and all of your power. And, and so I, I very much relate to this and I find myself in this spot often because life, life, life is just so hard. And, and I just, I can't do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just another, it's just every time we're in these, these moments, it's just, a, it's just a reminder of, I, I need God's strength every single day, every yep. single day. Yeah. I've, I mean, as Christians, we all deal with this, but the, the past couple of years, God's shown me my tendency to want to rely on my own strength and, his reminder to me constantly through, you know, his word and through other Christians speaking into me is you never had to have your best stuff in the first place. Mm. The idea of God, I don't have my best stuff is true. And we never had to have our best stuff because our, what we think is our best stuff doesn't count for anything. Like God's best stuff, God's stuff is what counts, what carries us forward, what actually has power and strength. His grace, his grace, and his. It's been it's been helpful for me the past, especially year, year and a half, two years of, of continuing to come to the end of myself, especially in the day to day, on, 
how can I rely and not tap into God's strength as some force, but come to the end of myself and acknowledge I am weak? How can I daily be intentional about relying on God's strength rather than getting into this pattern of relying on my own strength, which is easy for me to do. And then when something difficult happens, I've been relying on my own strength. So then that's my first response. And it's awful. It doesn't work out for me. But if I can have this intentional daily, finding small ways in the day-to-day to rely on God's strength, then when these bigger things happen, it's like, wait, no, of course I'm going to be okay because I've been on day-to-day relying on God's strength. So I know I can trust it. So when bigger things happen to me uh, or there are more difficult things I need to endure, of course God's strength is getting me through this. And I have the confidence in that because I've been applying it daily by God's grace and his spirit. But it's it's it can be a spiritual discipline as well to to really consciously think about relying on God's strength. It's not just something that happens to you, I guess. Like the same thing with reading God's word. It's not just something we wake up and do. We have to be intentional about it. We yeah. My my last my last thought is I think the flip side is we we pretend to be strong. And it's to our detriment that that we pretend like, yeah, like I'm I'm strong enough. I'm smart enough. I'm good enough. I've got this. And you're a pet, your pet peeve phrase, strong Christian. That's right. Where, yeah, it's, it's acknowledging because I think what happens when we think that we're strong, it's like, well, I've arrived and I've, I've, I've got this, right? It's like, I've got this and no, we're, we're weak. We are weak, but yet then we are strong. So in some ways, yes, we become a strong Christian, but not in our own ability. It's not, it's not based on, on our skill set, even as a believer, it's it, it's it's no we are we are are weak and broken yet we're being mended we're being we're being healed we're we're being transformed and 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 he he's doing it god is doing that in us and and it's it's in the acknowledgement of 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 how we fall short in, in, from a, a you know sinful nature standpoint but then then ongoing just our our constant need for his strength and power and so let, let's walk humbly and, and, and let's, you know, respond well when, when we do miss shots, when we do find ourselves in the rough uh, and we don't respond in, in our own abilities, but we, we, we respond with a strong next shot because we're finding our strength from an unlimited source, mm-hmm. unlimited power. Uh, and it's, it's available to us personally. So my, uh, yeah, my, my tank of Bryceness is so tiny. I'm, I'm, <laughs> even that's generous. You know, I can't be tapping into the Bryceness. What, what is that? What is it? Where does that get me? No, no, I tap into the to the strength of my my loving Savior and and the God yeah. of the universe. It, it does take so. humility. That's that is a it it seems like a a prerequisite for relying on God's strength because it requires humbly saying, "God, I I am not enough for this. I don't have the strength." I don't have the ability. I don't have the goodness in me. I need you. And it's not even reluctantly saying it. Like we can we can boast about our weakness. Like the idea of rejoicing that I am weak. Again, mm. it's one of those 
those tensions in scripture. Like, how is that true? What well, is mm-hmm. true? Because we, like we've been saying this whole time, we should boast that we're weak because God uses weak people, mm-hmm. which is an amazing thing that He does. He doesn't require. All right, who were the strongest? Who are the strongest believe, believers out there? Who are the strongest people out there? Uh, that that's what I'm going to use. That's what I'm going to work through. No, it's mm-hmm. we are all weak, and God so graciously keeps us going and moves us along toward redemption and toward glory and enjoying his presence. And it's, it's an amazing reality, but, you know, too often our pride of not wanting to acknowledge our weakness gets in the way of that. And then the crazy thing is, then we are strong. So when we are weak, then we are strong. Mm -hmm. And so we just, we, we take the wrong route to get there. Yeah. Um, and so we think, oh, I'm just going to be strong. I'm going to be strong. Okay, good luck. That doesn't, that doesn't last long. No, I'm going to go through the week. Oh, then I'm strong. Weak, then strong. Um, so it's just I, we got to hammer it home. We got to hammer it home. I, I've been a believer a long time. This is I continue to struggle with it because you, you, you try to do things on your, on your own. Um, and it's like, I don't want to be weak. No, I want to be, be a strong Christian. So I'm going to be strong. I'm going to do this and this and this. And this. No, no, no. I'm going to acknowledge my weakness and allow Christ's power to take over. And so let me, let me read the, the verses uh, just again so that they, uh, they sit with us. Um, Paul, Paul says, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. So I am well pleased with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. And then we'll, we'll pop back into uh, the Old Testament, Psalm 73, 26. Uh, my health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. So let's, uh, let's declare that today, uh, be encouraged by that as well. So Luke, uh, great stuff. Uh, happy for Wyndham Clark. Cool, cool win, cool story for him. We didn't even get into some of the off the course stuff that he's been through. And, and so, yeah, a lot of, lot of cool parallels uh, from him, but uh, life like the U S open really hard. And so how do we respond and uh, how do we, how do we respond in the moments when we don't have our best stuff and we lack confidence and we're not feeling it. We go to the Lord, we rely on him and he gives us the strength. Our confidence comes from him. Our stuff, the good stuff <laughs> comes from him. That's what we need. That's what we need to keep to keep you know walking in in victory and, and ultimately our our victory is in Christ and what He did on the cross and so we uh, we cling to that as well and, and we're so thankful to uh, to be saved and redeemed through uh, His blood and and so we uh, we rest in that today and so I'm Bryce I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus I believe in the good news that He died on the cross for my sin resurrected and through faith I've been saved by His grace hope that is true for you as well. I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans, follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast.